This is Flyperbole with Steve Jacot and Craig Forsyth. Two guys who are really hoping that Chucky Two Trades does the right thing and brings Ronaldo home at the trade deadline. Craig, I know you're the movie aficionado on this podcast. You're you're always the guy I'm going to and saying like, Craig, what what are the movies that I should see? The must-see movies. And the Oscars just happened. And I thought, man, what would be better than getting movie buff Craig Forsyth's Oscar snubs on the podcast? Thank you, Stephen. Thank you, of course. And I, I am glad that you brought to light that I do know I do know my shit when it comes to movies. So they call you pop culture, Craig. Yeah, and I'm going to prove it right here. So obviously the Oscars were on Sunday. Everybody knows that. We all watched it. And for me, I, I picked out some snubs from all the categories and I felt like these I only picked out four categories I picked out best actor actress picture and original music score that I thought there should have been more light shed on at these awards and uh the important ones shame yeah the important ones all the ones that matter so I mean should I just get right into it I think you should get right into it yeah all right so uh best actor I forgot who won but obviously you guys watched uh I I thought it should have gone to, uh, you know, earlier this year on Hulu, I watched White Man Can't Jump, and I thought Woody Harrelson was pretty good in that. So I thought they should have brought back some attention and light to Woody Harrelson in his role with Wesley Snipes in White Man Can't Jump. That to bring it back dude. to White Man Can't Jump, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, that would have been my first choice. I Joaquin don't... Phoenix, just get out of here. Get the hell out of here. It's about Woody oh, Harrelson from yeah. the early 90s. So, yeah. <laughs> Did you end up seeing the Joker? I did see the Joker. Slash... Was it was it good? Was it worth the hype? It was a movie. Was it okay? All right. Well, that's an opinion. Yeah. Okay, so obviously, it, I had actual, I found a lot of flaws in it. Because <laughs> you know, Joker I'm, review. It is. Uh, <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix is great. Uh, the cinematography is great. The movies. The movie's a little mess. A little bit of a mess. Oh, cool. All right. Steve Slams. Craig's uh, snubs and Steve Slams. There you go. Steve Slams. <laughs> Uh, so obviously best actor was Woody Harrelson uh, best actress Jennifer Lawrence was probably in something right I was just going with her I, I don't I even really know I, I think she hasn't done I, anything well, for like just, five years yeah just give her one of the things for like Hunger Games or something so I'm going with Jennifer Lawrence for best for, actress for the Hunger actually, Games pick one <laughs> for one of them pick your choice I mean one of them had to be good right Hunger Somebody Games had, is your choice like, them, so. <laughs> so that's that's my best actor and actress, uh, both in the Hunger Games, by the way. But again, Woody Harrelson won is more for the inability to jump. Uh, and then best picture, you know, I really struggled with this one. But I came back to a question I found myself asking a lot over the years. Idris Elba is an amazing actor. But could he do it as a cat? And I think the movie Cats the Musical or whatever they call it, I think that answered that question. So best picture to me is Cats. Uh, I know that's not going to be popular in the room. Whatever, that's the, my opinion. The room, yeah. And again, I, you know, uh, the room, great picture. I think. I'm glad uh, it is a great picture. I'm glad you applied a hockey term to uh, to best picture, not <laughs> not popular in the room. The Oscars room, you know, when they're the in the sport room, but the locker I, yeah, room so. where all the Oscar voters hang out, <laughs> talk about how they gave 110. percent 
So, uh, can we talk about cats for one second? It's pretty much just people dressed in cats dancing around like idiots, right? That's the whole musical? Yes. Cats, the musical, the movie, yes. Okay, and they're, like, just jumping on trash cans and stuff and, like, purring, and that's the whole movie. Uh, That's my understanding of it. I I, I don't know for sure. I'm not missing anything. Yeah, Yeah, I'm not, yeah. Uh, And best uh, original music score, uh, you ever heard of the movie Maximum Overdrive? Oh, I, I have absolutely heard of Stephen King's okay, Maximum so, Overdrive. Yeah, and so ACDC did the whole soundtrack for that. Uh, I'm just going to say they deserve, I mean, it was, you know, that shit slaps. It was, it was prime uh, 80s ACDC, so I'm, I'm here for that. And uh, I thought it didn't get enough love. And by enough love, I mean, I think I saw it once on TNT back in like 2005. Uh, I, I think Emilio Estevez was in it. Somebody was in it. So, great movie. Uh, and I thought it should have been good this year so or i should have gotten some love this year so i mean those are good good snubs right you those are good snubs that's the best snubs list i've heard and i think you nailed it i think you nailed every I one of them I know, I know i nailed it but i just wanted to see if you liked it or not yeah so i, I loved I, it, it. Uh, <laughs> so there you go that's uh okay not as many slams as i was expecting after the first one so but walking if you're listening i stand by steve's statement and uh Front of the show. You're welcome on the show. You're welcome back on the show whenever you want. So come on in. Whenever uh, you want to come on and talk about cows, Joaquin, you are more than welcome <laughs> to come on. No, let's. This is a hockey podcast. Let's talk about technically, hockey. Yeah. Technically, it is. And this is actually this is a good night to talk about hockey. It's been an up and down week, but the good night of the week to talk about hockey. The Flyers with a yeah. uh, a great performance down in Florida, down in Miami. There were, I think. 69 people in the crowd tonight. It was a good crowd and nice a nice crowd. crowd. Yeah. yeah, nice crowd. And the Flyers wowed them all. Wowed them all. <laughs> six, uh, six to two win. Uh, I think uh, uh, JVR, the king of not doing anything out there, had three uh, three points. Uh, pretty good goal. Pretty nice assist on Lawton's goal. Uh, from his, uh, you know, usually he creates plays and scores from down there in his office, but tonight he was. He was doing out the work to Scott Lawton. So I always, I still well, enjoy that's that. That's called delegating. Book. That's called delegating, yeah, yeah, and that's yeah, what good management's all about. I was going to say, he saw Lawton, he was like, oh, if he could stable this goal into the back of the net by 5 p.m., that'd be great. Oh, could you could, collate uh, these goals? Thank you. By the uh, COB on Thursday, I'm going to be OOO on Friday. So if you could score these goals, that'd be great. So, <laughs> but Jay, uh, And he also had a pretty good assist on Tuesday, even though it was a loss. He had a, a pretty good backhanded cross slice pass to. Uh, to connect me. And that was something we talked about a lot last year was how we forgot how, like how good of a passer it was, I guess, or people didn't talk enough about some of the ridiculous passes he had. And, uh, he's been doing it recently and he's been on a tear lately. So hopefully, uh, hopefully he stays on his upward swing. Well, and let's, let's talk about the fact that, that JVR, his main criticism is he's supposed to be a goal scorer and doesn't score goals, but lo and behold, he has 17 goals on the year and is only two behind Travis Konechny for the team lead. And I believe the stat I saw tonight was he is, I don't know if it was on the broadcast or on Twitter, so if you did tweet this out, I'm going to credit you, whoever that is. Uh, most goals since the start of December for the Flyers. I think he has 12 since the start of December. So he's been scoring goals lately. He's been the guy scoring goals, and that is what he's supposed to do, and it doesn't hurt that he keeps on uh, piling on assists. So, and I think Bill tweeted out this is the fourth highest primary assist total he's, totals he's had, uh, 13 in all situations. So he's not just scoring, he's also the main creator on a lot of these goals. 
as well. And uh, speaking of goals, can we just talk about Bob real quick? Just real quick on Bobrowski. Not great, Bob. Nobody <laughs> nobody was stopping that Tyler Pitnick, Pitlick uh, snipe from God or whatever the fuck that shit. I, he's never doing that again, but that was beautiful. And I don't know. I don't know where that came from. The other two goals Bob gave up in the first were horrendous. I mean, both of them were very bad rebounds to give up, and it just led to uh, JVR and NAK slamming it home. But uh, uh, six more years, I believe, uh, $10 million cap hit for a 31-year-old netminder who is, I believe, under 900 save percentage. So that's uh, it's looking good in Florida when it comes to that situation. Florida 2 tonight also ran a forward line of uh, Mark Pizik, uh, Nola Chari and Mike Matheson and uh, it's two of those guys are defensemen so I don't why doesn't I, Coach I don't know Q do better with it why doesn't he just get better guys to go in there yeah it, why doesn't he just get like all you need is like, Duncan Keith from about six years ago Corey Crawford and uh, Patrick Kane and I think this team is the Panthers are right the Panthers by the way I think are the least threatening team to me out of Unfortunately, I'm saying this in the middle of February, so now they'll have like a hot streak. But out of the other teams, the Flyers are fighting for the one of these playoff spots. The Islanders, the Blue Jackets, the Hurricanes, and the Panthers. I think the Panthers are the least intimidating to me. Just because they have a tie between the Panthers and the Blue Jackets for me. I mean, the Panthers don't play any defense at all. And the Blue Jackets, I know people keep falling off and they keep getting injured for them. And like Seth Jones is out forever now. And Elvis Merzlikens is stepping up for him, but that's but it's Elvis Merzlikens. That's that's why I'm not scared of the Blue Jackets. jackets. Yeah, that's, that's why I think my thing is he, but he he say him and uh, they're just saving everything though. Like if they can, I don't know when that hot streak's going to end. And apparently, we were ragging on them last week, and uh, I think they're all right. They're out there and like expected goals against. So apparently, they're doing something defensively right. But still, it's still Merzlikens, and it's still this team. With all the talent, talent that left uh, last offseason, I, I don't know. I don't expect Merzlikens to keep it up the whole season. I ain't scared. The whole year, them. but boys have done that. Don't scare me. Not scared of them, and I'm not scared of. I'm a little scared of the Islanders for just the Barry Trotz factor. I'm not scared of the Blue Jackets. I'm not scared of the Panthers. But the the Islanders again, Barry Trotz factor is terrifying. And also, apparently, another team we have to keep an eye on here is the Maple Leafs, who. Uh, Lost again tonight, and I believe I think Anderson was back in that. I saw he was supposed to start. I, I don't think he. I don't know if he played. Well, they put Hutchinson, they put uh, Michael Hutchinson on waiver, so I think he played. But that might be the team we have to watch now if they fall out. Because again, the Flyers have more points than the team that's going to end up third in the Atlantic, probably. So as long as they just stay above whoever's in third, they don't have to worry about the Atlantic at all. It just comes down to whether or not they're going to beat out the. Uh, Blue Jackets or Hurricanes or Islanders. So, and the Islanders are getting smoked tonight. Uh, I think they're losing 5 nothing to the Predators last time I saw. And then Jack Eichel and the Sabres helped uh, beat the Blue Jackets in overtime. So, they couldn't win in regulation, but they did win in overtime. And considering that Buffalo apparently is burning down, uh, it's a pretty nice that they chipped in and kept the Blue Jackets from getting two points tonight. Yeah, um, Islanders um, lost 5 Looking at the other game. shift from tonight. So, Braun had, uh, you know, Braun had three assists like we would all expect. Braun the half. That's a typical night for Braun. Uh, Robert Hag had a Hag had a power play goal, and we'll talk about Robert Hag in a second. I think the biggest body bag. Hey, uh, I think the big pro or the big issue after tonight's game 
It's only the fact that Sanheim got banged up in the second. Sanheim didn't play a shift in the third period, I believe. Uh, they pointed out how he wasn't playing in the third. I don't know if he actually played one shift or not at all. But he got hurt in the second. He was favoring a lower body injury. I think he was trying it out during commercial breaks in the third period. So hopefully that's not long-term. I mean, I doubt it's long-term if he stayed in the game. But uh, if he has to miss uh, any string of games here, I'm not really looking forward to the Hague or Casas bearing the top four. But, um, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, Carter Hart had a huge third period, too. Carter Hart had a pretty good – he had that huge save on Frank Vetrano on a shorthanded breakaway in the first when I think it was still a 0-0 game. And then in the third period when the Panthers started coming back, not the Sabres, uh, they – he gave it the one girl early, goal early, but then he also made – two or three point-blank stops and a bunch of chances uh, stops on uh, on rebounds that were given out that should have been cleared away, and he kind of kept the uh, kept the lead intact, and then Couturier made it a 5-2 game again. And uh, what else we got here for tonight's game? Drew on a four-game point streak. A lot of Let's people talk were real quick about uh, Carter Hart before you get into Drew. I just oh, wanted yeah, to, yeah. to mention, like, that, that was really great to see. I think one of the questions with Carter Hart this year is, I think, the rising up, against adversity factor and also his road record and how he's done there. So this kind of win in a big game, because again, holding off the Panthers, I think, and getting these two wins in this week as uh, considering the Panthers before this week, we're, we're pretty close to the flyers in the standings uh, is really big and it's big for Carter Hart and it's big for this team to, to have faith and really they need to embrace him as the, the number one goaltender because if the Flyers are going to succeed this year, it's going to be with Carter Hart in net. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, like uh, a road one too, which is also huge, which is usually, you know, that's starting to, they've played a lot better on the road recently. Uh, I know they had that upsetting loss on Tuesday, but I think they're now 3-1-2 and two in their last, or 4-1-2 and two maybe in their last seven. And they've looked really good. I mean, they crushed the Cavs last week on the road. Uh, they got this win tonight, uh, and then they also beat the Blues on the road recently too. So, I'm I'm hoping the ro- the home road split thing is starting to kind of erode, and it's not going to be an actual thing with this team because I there's not really much logic to it. And it seems like if Carter Hart gets some stable footing here, they should be they should be fine on the road as well. Um, yeah, and it's it's no offense to Brian Elliott, but Brian Elliott is. He's Brian Elliott. <laughs> we know what he is. Yeah, and he did good. He did do good on the stretch here without Hart. Uh, actually, I think I put down the numbers. Uh, you know, surprisingly, I put down the numbers. Yeah, Elliott. So, in the nine games that Hart missed before he returned for the first Panthers game this week, uh, he went five one and one with a nine sixteen save percentage and two shutouts during that time when Hart was out. Uh, and then Lyon also stepped up. He had. Uh, he was 1-1-0 with an 8.90 save percentage, which obviously isn't great, but he also did come up with a lot of big saves early on in that that Avs win to kind of help the Flyers win. So, yeah, the Flyers did get help when Hart was out, but obviously he's uh, he's got to be the dude going forward. And I I, I I got faith in Hart. I think he can. Uh, I think he's been doing fine recently. And um, his numbers aren't great, but I think a lot of that has to do with the uh, the home road splits from earlier in the year as well. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, some of the okay. So some of the news this week is um, Morgan Frost is back up. Woo! And then Faraby also came back after apparently being extremely sick. That was something that I think that was news that broke the day after we recorded. 
Oh god, the bees' uh, weight loss. <laughs> yeah, he shouldn't be. Uh, he should be selling tapes. Apparently, I think uh, they said he got like really lean. I don't know, or they said he lost uh, a fair amount of weight. Ten for... pounds, right? Ten pounds. Yeah, I thought I saw ten pounds. Yeah, which is uh, no bueno. That is one hell of a stomach bug. So, uh, but he returned. He was. He looked. I thought he looked pretty well tonight with uh, Hayes and Connecting. I don't think their numbers were great, but in the second period, they were a lot of chances off the rush. Uh, and then, yeah, Carter Hart's returned. So Farabee missed the Devils, the Caps, and the first Panthers game due to illness. Um, and again, in his return on Tuesday, he had two shots on goal in 15-38 against the Islanders. Um, and then Frost also only played against the Caps and the first game, Panthers game this week. Didn't have a shot on goal, plus one, and played 13.06 against the Caps and 12.55 against the Panthers. I want to see Frost put into the lineup more. I just don't know. I mean, I I guess I would like him on as uh, the third-line center and then Lawton be the fourth-line center, but I, I guess I really don't hate Bunneman being the fourth. That fourth line is doing pretty well right now, so I'm not against – I'm fine with him keeping that intact. Uh, Raffle, Bunneman, and NAK have been killing it these last couple games, especially – Loving NAK. Yeah, NAK's been a monster recently. I mean, especially the Caps game. The Caps game at the Gordie hat trick and his his I mean, tonight he had the he had the goal, but he also set up uh who else did he set up a chance? I forget. I think he set up a chan- a breakaway for a raffle that led to a penalty. But he knocked Hoffman off the puck and then sprung him for a breakaway. NAK does a lot right. I really wouldn't count him out of a uh, top six sounds a little crazy for next year. If I really wouldn't expect him to not have a top nine role next year. I expect he seems like a solid third liner. Yeah. And he the, drives play he hits, he blocks shot. He does every, every single time he's out there, he does something positive. It, it's a positive thing for the Flyers, whether it is doing the greasy stuff or creating offense or setting up chances. So, um, but I think, so I think frost can still be used as a, uh, as we're coming up on the deadline here, we can, Maybe not add pieces outside the org, but pretend like Frost and maybe, again, like we said last week, maybe not push the Patrick needs to get back narrative, but it seems like he's making positive strides to returning to the lineup. So maybe you don't think well, it's bad having, at all. Having Nolan Patrick back just really helps this lineup so many ways. Yeah, it's a lot, yeah. All of a sudden, your, your center def goes from pretty good to really good. Especially if you're looking at Couturier, Hayes, Patrick, Lawton. That's, I think, a really solid yeah, center. Yeah, no, that's not too much complaint about there, yeah. Then you can put Claude Giroux back in the wing, and then your your winger death is really good, too. Yeah, and I think that, and I think the question would become, would you want Frost playing on the fourth line? Because that is a thing where, I, I don't know. Again, the, the fourth line, you know, in years past, it would have been like, no, I don't want him on the fourth line. Because when you think of the fourth lines, I think of the fucking idiots like Van Develde and Belmar and all the guys and Ryan White, all the guys that came before who were just ass on the fourth line and they didn't want to be on the fourth line. But when you see actual fourth line players gelling and playing well, it may, like a fourth line makes sense. And I feel like this that's what this fourth line is right now. So I don't know if, I don't know, maybe, I don't even know if you want to move Frost to wing, but I, I would get maybe not wanting to put him just on the fourth line three C makes sense to me too. But if you, if we're going to get Patrick back and again, that's jumping a lot of, there's a while to go before we get there. But since we've already mentioned Patrick a bunch, I'm going to talk about what the update today from uh, Slam and Sammy Carcitti. Apparently a uh, quote, 
Center Nolan Patrick is making very good progress, and there's a chance he will join the Flyers' practices on a full-time basis as early as Monday, GM Chuck Fletcher said before Thursday's game in Florida. Uh, no contact yet, but Fletcher does point out the Flyers are about to have a few weeks coming up with little travel, giving him more of a chance to get integrated into the lineup. So last week we talked about how we practiced a string of days in a row, and I, he, I guess he was you know, with the team, but this is going to be actual practicing with – he was on the ice at the same time, I guess, but he wasn't actually practicing with the team. Maybe is what the difference was. I don't know. But he is apparently going to continue to practice with the team, and it sounds like it's moving towards... These are more beneficial updates than what we were hearing earlier in the year about how he's still skating, but there wasn't much progress. It seems like there's a lot of momentum towards him actually getting in the lineup in the near future. Again, the near future being like towards the end of the year, maybe. The regular season, perhaps, but I mean, any news is yeah, it's good news. It really is. I thought he, I sincerely thought we were just not going to hear about him until next year. I thought he was just gonna, they were gonna keep throwing out the possibility possibility of him coming back, and then he just wasn't going to come back at all. And that was an easy way to kind of, well, I, they're still getting a lot of questions about him, but this kind of, you know, the updates we're getting now, it seems like it's likely he might come back so hopefully will um well and what i would also hope is that the flyers if he's coming back is that he'll actually be back and actually healthy because i would hope that i would hope that they're not rushing him back no they're taking that would be just such a terrible move for i think both the organization and obviously the biggest concern is nolan patrick's long-term health you do not want to risk that especially given the concussion culture in the nhl and everything like that is not something you want to mess with especially when migraines are the root cause of this injury yeah yeah they'll be like he just gets off the ice he's like i feel good and they just toss him a jersey and they're like all right you're in tonight get in there (laughs) you're ready you've waited all this time you're fine get in there um, so that was one update from Samuel, uh, about tonight's game before tonight's game. Slamming Samuel. But yeah, that's a proper name for him as he adjusts his ties. Like, uh, it's Samuel. Thank you. Um, the other one, and a lot of other people point this out too, but, uh, good old Ron Hexall is in attendance, uh, tonight's game. Apparently he's still a part-time advisor for the Kings and lives in Florida. So I guess they were like, Hey Ron, can you go watch these, uh, watch these guys play hockey? And, uh, and he did. And that just strikes up the uh, Tyler Toffoli rumors, which, uh, Steve, I I mean, I'm for it. I'm for Tyler Toffoli. I don't know what the package is going to be. but uh, And I really doubt the Flyers are going to add him this season. They might. But, again, I I don't know. I still think they just have to uh, – I think I said it on the post game on Saturday. But the two things the Flyers would want to add at this particular deadline, I think, as – our probably fourth line center and third pair of defensemen, despite how well uh, Robert Hag has been playing. I think those are the two spots that you would think of first for, for the Flyers to add. You have Frost, who's currently not in the lineup. Patrick, who might come back. And Bonneman, who is on the fourth line now and really hasn't been playing. He was bad earlier in their season, but now he's playing well enough where I don't think it's a – you don't need to get him out of the lineup. He doesn't feel like a Vorobiev. <laughs> like, when you watch Vorobiev, right. it was – you were like, this fucking guy needs to delete now. Um, and then on defense, yeah, you have Robert Haig, who is playing above his head right now. Like, he's not – he's not going to keep this up. Or he's eventually going to start getting scored on again. Ghost, who just hasn't had it for a while now. And you have uh, Mark Freeman, who's still in the AHL. So you, you have three options there. 
that you could just try and figure out who the hot hand is. And right now it is Hag. <laughs> but with three options, I don't think it's likely the Flyers go out and spend an asset or two to get a fourth third pairing defenseman to throw into the mix and carry around eighth defenseman. I, I don't see them doing that just with how tight the cap is this year. And I still think it, I just would want to be healthy on the team next year. Cause next year, if hmm. you save the assets you could spend this year, you might have a healthy Patrick. You you might I don't I don't even want to throw the other one out there because we're still worried about him getting through everything. But you might be yeah. adding two fours you had anticipating coming to this season on the roster next year, and if they're there, I think this team is a lot better. So I don't even want to throw this out there, but I'm gonna do it, and I kind of hate myself for doing it. But oh like, baby, what about? What about a mega deal <laughs> with Toffoli and Alec Martinez with Ghost and, I don't know, let's throw some other pieces in there going the other way. Big deal! Ooh. I mean, if we... The, yeah, the Tyler Toffoli-Alec Martinez mega deal would, I guess, solve what the Flyers need. I, I mean, this is a... Uh, you think he'd still trick Ghost? I, I don't know. Like, the way he's played this year... If that's the year, deal... But here's the thing, like I don't know if I don't know if the Kings are necessarily want to, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm, like I I don't know what the league I don't know how the league values Ghost right now. I don't know if they're still valuing valuing him as a high end offensive defenseman who's just had a downstretch of time, which is slowly turning into you know two years of below average play and some injuries, or if it's um, or if they still think he can. Uh, duplicate his rookie year or 2017-18 again. So I don't know what they feel and I don't know if a team... Although I say that and Alex Gilchaniak is getting passed around and people are still having hope for him and I mean he's never... He had a 30 goal season like five years ago I think and people are still like yeah let's do this. And uh, so maybe maybe he could trick somebody right now into being like why don't you take Ghost even though he's been injured for a month and a half and Robert Haig is currently looking like a better option than him. So I mean maybe... The Kings well, if you want to take Robert to... Haig, be my guest. Yeah, I was going to say, that's the angle I've been, you know, if you want to point out Robert Haig's been playing pretty well, well, we are getting to the deadline, and this is the best he's played in his career, probably, in terms of, again, his underlying numbers aren't great. That's not the thing with Haig. It's whether or not he's going to let in goals while he's on the ice. I and mean, he's doing a pretty good job of not getting scored on while he's on the ice. Had a goal tonight, which was hilarious, because it was a power play goal and there's no time left. He had a good goal on Tuesday. I will say that. He, he went to the net at the right time, and he put home a rebound. When he does that, and he has the games where when him and Braun are out on the ice and the Flyers are always in the offensive zone because they're playing good defense at the other end, that's good. That's Robert Hag. That's what like that's what we want to see out of Robert Hag. If he did that all the time, I don't think people will be dunking on him all the time. The thing is, is he's not that good. Like, he's just not. The big thing now is – I. Like outside of the big thing I hear about Robert Haig right now, I guess we're going to transition to this real quick. <laughs> and then we can go. Let's back. do it. Let's get in that body bag, Haig. And then you want to take you want to take a look at some trade bait, run down some trade bait options, maybe. But uh, I mean, Robert Haig, yeah. So, and again, tonight his numbers were good. I think he when he was on the ice, Flyers drove play. I think they had three goals while he was on the ice, and the Panthers didn't have any at five on five. But usually when he's out there, it's just the same things are happening. He's just not getting scored on is pretty much what's going to happen, uh, is what's going on here. I think he's played better than he has 
these last few games than he has maybe the rest of the season, but it's not as much as I guess like the 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 hag hype train was surreal over the weekend. Like the Flyers won seven to two on Saturday. And I think Colby led off with a firm five minutes on Robert Hag and how his sound defensive play helped the Flyers beat the Cavs by five goals. So like that to me is a little much. That's a little let's let's calm down here. But what if it's all just a big old conspiracy to get top trade value for Robert? Hag? I you know what? Let's wrap it up. I, I was kidding. He's got amazing numbers. I can't remember the last goal he's on the ice against. And again. He's on a goal streak now. <laughs> He's on Robert X on a goal streak. He's got goals in back-to-back games. <laughs> goals on goals on but, goals. Uh, goals on goals on goals. Good old body bag hack. Uh, but let's run through the numbers real quick with hack, and then I'll, I'll try and uh, again. I, I'm not trying to trying to assess his play fairly recently, but these numbers don't, you know. So he's been paired with Braun dating back to the 4-1 win over the Kings on the 18th. Uh, he skipped the game, which was last Thursday's loss to the Devils because Ghost came back. Uh, but over the last nine Flyers games, Hag and Braun, well, nine out of ten now, but were, uh, Hag and Braun were the defensive pair for eight of the last Flyers' nine games. 105 minutes at 5-on-5 five five at, at, uh, for those 105 minutes. Six goals for zero goals against. So no goals against in that time. So no goals against the last five games. That's impressive. Six goals isn't a ton, but if you're going to win every game one nothing for your five five ice time, that's not that's nothing to complain about. Forty three point six shot attempts four percentage. So seventy five shot attempts four ninety seven against at five on five. Forty two point four Fenwick four percentage, which is unblocked shot attempts. So fifty three four seventy two against. 42.25 expected goals for percentage and 41.89 scoring chances for percentage with a 115.2 PDO. So like I've said on the last couple of podcasts, PDO is combining shooting percentage and save percentage. Not a perfect science, but usually anywhere around 100 is average. If you're a little below, like if you're 99.4, 99.6, you can't really say you're unlucky. Same, you're a little over. But 115.2 is insane it's way too high it's <laughs> like that and a case going off of that i think uh i put it down here somewhere out of the 153 defensemen yeah so 153 defensemen have played 105 and five minutes in the same time that hag has uh, been on this quote-unquote hot streak he has the highest pdo in that time and he has also 132nd expected goals four percentage so again it's pretty much just he hasn't changed up much it's just the goalies aren't letting goals. So I, and if honestly, I'm fine with it. If Hag wants to keep you on lucky for the rest of the year, or they coincidentally are on the ice and no goals are going in, I'll take it. And he has had moments where he has saved goals, saved a couple. He blocked a couple of Vetchkin uh, shots on the power play on Saturday. And he, he has had, you know, I've been, you see it when he's playing. He does make good plays in the defensive zone, but he still does mess up. And there still are times that can lead to goals against. It's just Elliot or Hart have been bailing them out more than usual lately. But again, I guess he's been fine lately. He's been playing well. And I think right now, I don't think I really, to me, I'm I'm going with Hag over Ghost in the lineup. It's just good. Hag isn't the ideal. I don't think how he's playing now is going to hold up. And it's not who he is as a player, I think. Well, what you're discounting 
what you're forgetting here is that Robert Haig is very good at pumping the goalies up and giving them confidence. He goes up (laughs) and let's say Carter Hart lets up an early goal. Robert Haig skates back there and he whispers in his ear and he goes, it's okay, buddy. He walks up and he's like, hey, that new shirt looks great on you. You're doing great out here, Carter. Just have fun, all right? And then Carter smiles and then he saves like the next 40 saves. Yeah, you know what? I'm not, I, I am discrediting that because that's not a numbers thing. And that's part of the game that us sport uh, numbers nerds just don't get, you know? It's the intangibles. Just... Hart leads the league in compliments. He's just the best out there. Well, not Hart, Hag, Hag. Or Hag's the best in compliments. Sorry, sorry, I got it confused, but yeah. Hag goes up and, he, and Carter Hart makes a mistake and he pats him on the shoulder and he just says, Poe Buddy's nerfed. And Carter Hart laughs, and he's great for the rest of the game. And then AV starts laughing. There's, you guys hear that? Did you hear what Bobby said? Did you guys? Yeah. Poe uh, Buddy's nerfed. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a primetime dad joke. That's a, more of a Niskanen type joke, I feel like. He's definitely made that joke a couple times this year. Well, Niskanen is mentoring Haig on the art of dad jokes. <laughs> checks out that yeah, makes sense is hag I, does he have kids do, do we know anything about his personal life he's swedish that's all i know i know uh, nothing I don't, I don't know we, we don't have the people that we had on probably knew better about this steph or kelly probably know but they're probably screaming right now at the podcast but uh yeah i mean again it's not really a i'm making an argument that Go should be put back in the lineup. I'm just saying i don't know if hag's playing that well and if it is the let's hype him up for trade value type him up he's playing great i'll say it he's he's again no goals against while he's on the ice so run i think i have a defenseman for you <laughs> and his name is good old bobby h body bag hag body bag hag body bag hag um yeah let's look at these trade pieces let's look at uh because Tafoli is up there i haven't really i just looked at this trade bait list just now for a lot of these names i I guess I wasn't expecting Chris Kreider at the top, but uh, I mean, he's up there. He's good. Uh, that makes sense. Um, sure, but when you're looking at trade bait articles, you're expecting like uh, an exciting name at the top, an Eric Carlson, if you will. And then you look up and you see Chris Kreider and you go, okay. Um, that's uh, And then Alec Martinez in sec- is second. So again, I, I'm thinking... Alec Martinez, I don't know if that would be for a third pairing guy. I think that that wouldn't be the worst ad for the Flyers. Again, I haven't really been keeping up with how the Kings are doing this year, but uh, they're bad. Yeah, they're bad. Yeah, I just don't know if he's playing. You know, all right, maybe I don't know, but I I think that would be I think it'd be too much for him. And I just this year I just don't see if they're gonna the Flyers are gonna make a trade. I think it has to be for a player that changes the complexion of the team. Like, I think if you add to Foley, that's a second shoot first guy. And then you have Konechny and to Foley in the top six. And then teams have to worry about uh, two lines on the Flyers. They're going to have Couturier or Hayes setting up a guy that can score. So I think that, like, that is a trade that I think would be worth giving up assets for. I don't know if getting another third pair guy or fourth line center is really uh, worth it, but. Uh, also, I tried to open up this TSN trade bait article, Steve, and my computer uh, computed out pretty hard. So I don't know who else is even on this list. <laughs> Your computer said, fuck Technology. You. Yeah, technology has been a real asshole this week to, to both of us, well, apparently. So it's been a bad Why don't help. you talk? So just 
to add a to Foley angle. So he's got 15 goals in the year. That would add another potential 20 goal scorer to the Flyers. And there's a few guys right now that have potential at that. And you're right. I think that could make a difference on the, the offense and change the complexion of the team a little bit. And while you talk about this, I am going to find some trade bait guys for you. Well, I think I said the thing I've been up to Foley before, where uh, I think looking at Kovalchuk, nobody on the Kings is going to have a great like great numbers at all because it's the Kings right now and they're terrible and they don't score goals. And I think looking at Kovalchuk, you can kind of see that once the guys get out of there, they probably have an offensive side to the game that you wouldn't expect. So Toffoli may even be a guy that should be on pace for 30 years if he was playing on a better team that had a better offensive system. And I think if you give him guys to work with, like Drew or Voracek, uh, JVR, you know, setting up people left and right now, I, I think he would produce more. And I, I I think it would be a real tough thing to handle. And if you had to put – because if you get Toffoli too, that might also push somebody like – four check onto the third line as well. And then it could get the Flyers offensive death would be even more. I think right now they're the only team in the league that has nine forwards with 10 goals or more. So it's not just, it's not just the top six needing to be heavy. It's being able to get goals out of third and fourth lines and the goals. I mean, the third and fourth line tonight were, were pretty damn good. Uh, I know we were talking about the fourth line before, but that third line of uh, JVR Lawton and Pitlick drove play and Pitlick had, uh, I forget who tweeted us at, but he had the uh, the roof daddy of the week. That was an insane shot. And also JVR and Lawton are getting some kind of crazy chemistry together where they just are able to, I mean, they're just setting each other up in the offensive zone a lot. So I, Craig, I have some good news for you. I have some good news for you. I have uh, the athletics list, Craig Kustens's list of uh, trade, trade bait. Okay. Craig Kustens's list. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Wait, so who? Tell me what's on there, because I right, looked so, at the TSM one. I got a general idea from the TSM one. Okay, so he's got uh, first he's got Chris Kreider, then he's got Jean Gabriel Peugeot from the Ottawa Senators. Right, okay, yeah, he's probably yeah. Those are the two big names always here. Those two, and then Alec Martinez on defense. Uh, four, he's got Tyler Toffoli. Five, he's got Sammy Vatanen. Okay, yeah. I mean, again, Six, Sam. Yeah, Sammy Vatanen's not somebody the Flyers are really going to be looking at, I guess. Uh, he's got Jonas Brodeen. That would be somebody I would look at. I don't know if he would play the third pair of minutes, but I do like Brodeen, and I wouldn't mind him. I wouldn't mind him on the Flyers. I think that would be – I don't know what the asking price would be for Brodeen, though. So. Uh, Brendan Dillon from the Sharks. That's another one that uh, Brad wrote about him today. That would be another option I wouldn't mind adding from the Sharks. So. Ilya Kovalchuk from the Canadians. <laughs> Yeah, no, thank you. I mean, he's having a he's having a fine time in Montreal, but I just I don't know. I'm not feeling cool, Chuck. <laughs> bad fit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll go with that. He's a bad fit. I'll say that. Mike Hoffman. Yeah. Again, I mean, I would be, I would be more for it if I just I don't know. He he's one of the only players in the league where his off ice baggage is a little. I, I just don't know what's going on with him off the ice. Is all. I still think of that incident in Ottawa, and it was still that still rubs me the wrong way. And I know that was a just, couple years ago now, but just at Mrs. Mike Hoffman, and you're good. <laughs> yeah, that's all I got to do. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that'll go over well. Yeah, yeah, she won't. That won't turn into a thing. Yeah. No, not not at all. Uh, Mikhail <laughs> no, 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 we're good. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, down in Nashville. I, th- I think he's had a down year in Nashville, but I don't know. I have to look at that. 
All right. Uh, I don't know if they. Yeah, keep going. Uh, what what other names we got here? <laughs> uh, we got we got Josh Anderson. Okay, we're getting to the good area now. Josh Anderson, I think. Okay, so no joke is the guy. When people, there are certain games where the Flyers don't fight enough for some people, and they're always like, "Oh, we need to go get a Tom Wilson type." I feel like Josh Anderson's name isn't thrown out there enough for that type of guy that they should add if they really want him, because he is one of those agitating assholes, and also he is a guy that would just fit into the bottom six pretty well. Uh, so, I again, I think he's hurt right now, or he was hurt for a while this season, I think. But I, Josh Anderson was my choice for uh, agitating uh, dickhead that also produces. Next, he's got uh, Alexander Gorgiev, but we, we don't need a goalie. We're good on that. No, no, we're, we're good on that front, I think. Yeah, so. Uh, Andreas, uh, I always fuck up this last name. <laughs> Athanasiu? Yeah, that's it. Is that Okay, yeah, double A. I think I, you can call him double A or happy to see you or something. There's something along those lines. Yeah, let's call him AA. We're good. I, and, you know, not the highest amount of production, uh, and I know he's had his play driving numbers, I guess, haven't been that great the last couple of years but dude i think at 30 goals last year fast as hell i still like him a lot i i just want this team i'm always for adding speed so that's uh that was a point i was going to make tonight about tyler pitlick was i always have bitch about adding speedsters or just guys that can burn you to this roster in years past and tyler pitlick was somebody that i made fun of the acquisition because i didn't know anything about him and i don't understand the hartman pitlick deal at all but fourth line the guy can fly and he's not really fucking up at all. So if he keeps doing the whole thing where he skates around, and uses his speed to get the puck back and create odd man rushes for the Flyers, I'm for it. So, and I mean, you had another guy like Athens to see you that overall team speed is not a bad thing to have. I think so. I, I, I'm for adding Athens to see you. I know that may not be the most popular opinion, but that's where I'm at. Eric Halla. Uh, he's been fine. Carolina I don't know if uh that feels like well that's the thing where I don't know if the, the hurricane I don't know if the hurricanes are really trading Eric Halla slash if he's gonna be on the market or if they would the hurricanes would trade them to the flyers like a team they're challenging for one of these playoff spots <laughs> I feel like I don't know they'd be like giving Justin Braun to the the hurricanes or something or like yeah. Justin Braun to the Panthers it's like what have what are we doing Josh Manson Josh. I mean, I like Josh Manson a lot. Uh, he was. I know he's done. I don't know what he's doing this year, but he he had a, a bunch of strong seasons out in Anaheim. I felt like he didn't get enough enough as ten, attention as he should. He's not a big point producing defenseman, but he does pretty good at shutting it down on the defensive side of the puck. So I I wouldn't mind adding him. But and the Ducks are in a position to uh to trade. So may, maybe. But I feel like Manson is probably going to be. Manson might be one of those guys that one of the, I guess, more complete contenders or like one of the higher up contenders would probably give up more for him if, if they want to add like a shutdown defenseman. So, Kasperi Kapanen. I, again, I don't think I, I, anybody on the Leaf, I don't think, is getting traded either. I don't know. Because they're still in the, yeah, they're still in the playoff. And I, cause I saw Andreas Janssen on, on the TSM one. So I'm like, why? I don't know. Nobody on the Leafs, I think, is getting traded. I don't think anybody on the Blue Jackets is going to get traded, even though I just won that whole Josh Anderson rant. Uh, and I don't think anybody on the Islanders right now is going to get traded. So, like, anybody on the – I don't know who would want anybody on the Islanders anyway, but all those teams are, like – it's not certain they're in the playoffs, but it's looking pretty good right now. So I don't know if they would really 
be like, all right, time to sell, and then just hurt their odds of getting into the, the playoffs. But, um, I mean, Jeff Petri. The I mean, that's more of a I, I like him a lot too. That would be a I I could see, and I think he would get moved too because the Canadians aren't Canadians aren't aren't making it. So, um, that might be a cheaper option than Josh Manson, or maybe I have it flipped around. But I think if you because he's been pretty good at driving play the last couple of years too, and he's pretty good in his own zone. So, and I think he chips in offensively. So I think I would go with. I mean, that would be a fine option as well. Uh, I mean, you got any more in there? Yeah, we got a few more. Okay, all right. Jimmy Vc. No. No, I mean he he didn't do much in <laughs> New York. He's not doing much in Buffalo right now. Jesse Pulleyarvey. I. I. That's a whole thing. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I would buy into the Jesse Pulleyarvey experiment, but I don't know if he. There's no guarantee he's ever playing an NHL game again. So I don't know if I would want to give up. That wouldn't help the Flyers at this deadline. I think I'll be more into that for like a summer idea. Flash going after him in the summer. But yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. So, but I like, again, none of those defensemen, I think, well, uh, Brad highlighted Brendan Dillon today. And I feel like that's a pretty good, I mean, he was doing a piece about good options to add at the deadline for the Flyers. So I feel like that was a pretty good one because he is a guy that is good in his own defensive zone and could do fine in a third-pairing role. And, uh, I mean, again, I know Braun's maybe not everybody's favorite, but I think he's done fine since he came over from San Jose. And Dylan's kind of the same type of guy. Like, he doesn't play the sexiest game, but when he's out there, teams usually do – his teams usually drive play a lot better. So – uh, so yeah, that's our uh, that's trade bait angle. I'm gonna look oh, into whoa, more whoa, of these guys. Whoa. Oh, you got more? <laughs> I got. I'm gonna rattle off. I get. There's three more names. Actually, I'm gonna rattle off two, and then there's one name I want to talk about. And we're good. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Go ahead. All right. The two are Dylan Demello from the Senators and Andy Green from the Devils. We know how the Devils is not gonna happen. And also, I don't want Andy Green. I don't want either of those guys to be yeah, honest. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> so, yeah, no, Andy. I but Andy Green's going to be one of those guys that is going to get. We're going to hear about defensive responsibility, and he blocks shots, and he's old, and he'll he'll get passed off to some contending team, and we'll have to hear <laughs> his name like every period in the playoffs. Uh, and I just I I just don't care about Dylan DeMello. So yeah. Last name on this list, Jumbo Joe Thornton. Oh baby, let's do it. Yeah, let's bring him in. That would be, that would be spicy. You want to talk about center death? There it is. Oh my God, Jumbo Joe is the three C. <laughs> Can you imagine? Uh, JVR Joe Thornton Vorchek third line. Can you imagine? Who that? says no? I I'm saying yes. I'm for this. I'm I'm about it. So uh, let's get let's pick up the phones here, Chuck. Two trades. This is your time of season. Deadline's coming up. Uh, we'll say 13. Yeah, you got 11 days until the deadline. 10 while you're listening, because we're it's be out on Valentine's Day. So you got 10 days to figure this shit out, Chuck. And uh, I think next week I'm going to come with uh, and look more at these trade options since I actually opened up a trade bait article <laughs> rather than just seeing what people were saying on Twitter. So, uh, again, all those options, I, I mean, if they're going to do it, I would rather them, I guess, really buy in or just not add at all. I don't want any kind of like trying to tinker with the the bottom line in third pair this year. I think next year, if you have a better feeling it with two guys possibly come back healthy, 
among the forwards. Um, I think that might make this a more dangerous team, and then it'll be easier to buy into the buying at the deadline idea. So we'll see, though. We shall. I see. like how you. I like how you led that off like a parent having a speech to their child about drinking at the house. We're like, if you're going to do it, we'd rather you just do it here where it's safe. Just do it where it's safe. We know where you are and, you know, you don't have to worry about. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I'm just I just want to I'm giving caution the Chucky to I'm just giving them the heads up. You know, don't you don't need the. Bu- I feel like everybody wants the Flyers to buy this deadline because the team does look. Substantially, is that a fair word? They look better than they have in years past, and also the Flyers haven't been buyers in a while. And I mean, it's in Flyers fans' blood to just look for wild ass trades, especially at the deadline. I mean, that's what we grew up on. I mean, we're Clark kids, you know. We grew up on all those crazy ass deadline deals and all those <laughs> crazy signings and the other. So we miss it to an extent, but I don't know if it, you know. The league is becoming more and more about managing money correctly, so I don't know if. Uh, I don't know. I don't know, Steve. Steve, I don't know. You know, that's what this podcast comes down to. I, I just don't know. Clark kids. <laughs> I mean, it's true. We were raised on Bobby Clark. I was thinking about the uh, the good old uh, who I forget who texted me the other day that was talking about it. But the 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 camera zooming in on getting the C stitched on the Eric Desjardins jersey. I thought about that news conference. So that was a uh, that was good. What a, a day that was. What a wonderful day to be a Flyers fan. <laughs> uh, what, what do we want to talk about here? Oh, Hag. Uh, well, we already ran down Hag. We have talked quite a yeah, bit. Yeah, we've talked about a little Robert bit. Hague. You want to talk more about him? We have, people can't get I'm enough good. about him. Okay, all right. <laughs> Let's run through the games then. Let's run through the games real quick. Uh, where are the games? Right here. Okay, so Flyers caps. Uh, NAK Gordy Howe Hattrick. He had a ridiculous snipe on Holpe in the second period. Uh, his assist to Raffle was fucking nuts. Uh, of course, Raffle Gudis with the wonderful turnover in the neutral zone, and then NAK danced around uh, Gudis and then sent a cross back in a cross ice pass to Raffle for the dunk, and then he beat the shit out of Brandon Leipzig. Well, he didn't beat the crap out of Leipzig. He just pulled his jersey over his head and made it uh, hilarious that he was beating him in a fight. So last Flyers Gordie Howe hat-trick was Travis Konechny in the Flyers 4 nothing win over the Rangers on Black Friday of 2018, which, if you guys remember correctly, was Ron Hextall's last win as a GM. So, fun times. Uh, and then also, NAK was the first Flyers rookie to get a Gordie Al Hattrick since Lindros back on March 25th of 1993. So, again, NAK's been killing it. I'm a big fan of NAK. I hope he is in the top nine next season, and I think he deserves it. And there's really not... There's not a lot to hate about his game. I know, I, I guess discipline was kind of his concern early on, and I guess it can still be a concern because he does throw his body around, but uh, he doesn't really, he hasn't really been taking that many undisciplined penal- penalties that have kind of been holding up the flyer, so it's been good in my book. Uh, Katori, two goals and three points. This is the second two-goal game of the season. Absolutely undressed Holpe on a second goal of the night. That was that was some good stuff. I did enjoy how Cavs fans gave Holpe the Bronx cheer on Saturday. Did you hear that? Where after when they were down six to two, they started mocking him, and you know the goalie that pretty much won you a Stanley Cup. It's I shouldn't say uh... pretty much, but I mean he had the big save in Game Two of that Cup run, and also was the goalie during the Cup run. You would think that they're giving a little more love than uh, the Bronx cheer for a Saturday loss in February, but you know it is Caps fans. I don't know. It's they 
I think they're still a little, yeah, they're still getting a little used to hockey IML, in my opinion. So not all. I mean, they've been around for a bit now, but you know, some of them. Anyway, in a world. Uh, in a world. Uh, so second two goal game, uh, first two goal game of the season was that five to four loss to the Golden Knights on January second. His fourth three point game of the season. He's got four in the Flyers' last eighteen games now, which is kind of nuts. Um, oh yeah, also the point. His power play goal that game. And I saw the Flyers trying to use it tonight a little bit on the first power play, but it was a pass to Drew below the goal line where he walked behind the net from left to right and then set up Couture for the one-timer. Teams utilize that, and I feel like the Flyers don't do it enough. Konechny was doing it some tonight on the first power play. If they can get somebody behind the net to kind of do the, like, I guess like a reverse of what they're doing and kind of start with the puck behind the team's net, I think that messes with the goalie more and it just leads to, I forget who did the project two years ago, but you know, passes from below the goal line is the pass that leads to the most amount of goals. Cause you have to, I mean, it fucks with the goalie. They have to kind of read the puck more from a point that they can't see. And it's a lot harder for defensemen to figure out coverage. So if the power play is struggling, I don't understand why they don't do that more. I don't understand why they don't do drew on the left more with somebody in the slot that just pounded home. So then they started doing that. They've been doing that the last couple of games, but I, it's taken a minute. So uh, connect me multi-point game. You put somebody in Wayne Gretzky's office. At JV's, JVR's office now. So and he's and maybe, maybe you put him back there. He's been delegating fine from back there. He's been dishing out the work appropriately, as we saw with Scott Long tonight. Uh, connect me ninth multi-point game of the season. Drew had three points on Saturday. He had his 250th goal and his 800th assist. What a bum. The worst player in history. Second game with three points or more this season. He had four points in the Flyers. Five to three win over the Hurricanes on November 21st. That was when the Drew Frost connecting line. I think it was their second game in existence. Or it was their first game, and they fucking tore up. And, uh, yeah, his 251 goals ranks 10th in Flyers history. Uh, Simone Gagne is 9th in 264. His 800, I believe he has 804 now, 804 points are fourth behind Clark. Okay, Clark gets again. Uh, 1,210 points for Clark. Barber, who had 883, Bill Barber, and Brian Propp, 849. So, realistically, it looks like Claude Giroux should be in second. Not even by the end of his career. He should probably be in second by the end of next season, I would say. I don't know if that sounds crazy right now, but... Oh, wow. Um, yeah, that would be my... Uh, that would be, he's also second in assists. He has 552, I think 553 now. So now he is 299. Uh behind Bob Clark's uh, 852. Uh, Forcek also two assists in that win. Flyers win on Monday. Um, but yeah, slow first period that they somehow survived at home. It wasn't the prettiest game on Monday, but they, um, I mean, they toughed it out, and Carter Hart had a pretty good game. Uh, JVR multi-point game. JVR has been lighting it up lately. Uh, I don't I forgot to look at the numbers now, but the Barkoff line ate up the Couture line, if I if I saw this all right. So Couture spent seven thirty one up against Barkoff at five and five. He had eleven point eleven shot attempts, four percentage. Uh, they had one of the six shots while he was on the ice, and then two point six seven expected goals, four percentage, which is insanely bad. So Couture did, I guess, get pushed around by Barkoff on, on Monday. I think. I think it went a little better tonight. I mean, it doesn't matter if it did or not. The Flyers still won anyway. But uh, and also, the Flyers are making some shitty calls. So the Flyers got a bad call on Saturday against the Caps, 
where Ovechkin came flying into a, a puck battle on the boards. Katori didn't see him. Ovechkin checked Katori from behind and then fell to the ice and Katori called for embellishing, which is kind of insane. And then in this game, Riley Stillman body-checked Tyler Pitlick in the bob, and Pitlick got called for goalie interference, even though it was a... Some really bad calls going on recently. Um, you know, I like to point out the officiating and everything, but... Uh, and then the game against the Islanders, anything worthwhile? No. Absolutely not. Oh, Casey <laughs> no, just got hurt, dude. An eye from forever. Yeah. Yeah, we don't have to talk about that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's what's been going on, Steve. That's, uh, that's, that's what happened with the Flyers this week. That's all that happened with the Flyers. And I think uh, I think we can move on to talking about this this trade for the Penguins. So, um, yeah, so we're done with the Flyers. Talk about the Penguins now. And uh, they added Jason Zucker from the Minnesota Wild in exchange for Alex Galchenyuk, Kellen Addison, and a 2020 first. Uh, and the 2020 first becomes a 2021 first if Pittsburgh misses these playoffs. They have the option of sending the 2021 first. Um, they're going for it, Craig. They're going they're for it They're going now. for it, and they should. I mean, again, if you're the Penguins, like if you're Rutherford or anybody else in that front office, you're just trading away future assets as long as Crosby is still Crosby. And I mean, this is highlighted with this fucking trade right here because they, again, they don't have a first round pick this year. They had a first round pick last year with Samuel pull in. Uh, last year was their only first round pick from 2014 through this draft where they had a first round pick. And also they don't have a second round pick this year. And again, if you're going to do it, it makes sense if it's a team like the Penguins who you know your team can win and you still have guys like Crosby and Malkin who it looks like, well, maybe Malkin saw down a little. But Crosby doesn't, he's still unreal and he's still on a Crosby level. And um, and a guy like Jason Zucker, we were talking about this last year. And at the time, I was a little hesitant because it sounded crazy of trading Zucker for Kessel straight up because I left the Zucker side of it and I thought that sounded insane to say because it's Phil Kessel, but look at the way the Kessel's season has panned out. Uh, maybe it wouldn't have been the craziest trade at all, but um, this is a big, I mean, this is a big ad for the Penguins, and uh, apparently he's going to play on Crosby's wing, wing immediately. He has a 29-point to far in 46 games, 14 goals, and 15 assists. Should be his fifth goal, fifth 20-goal season, uh, and it's not just about scoring goals with him. He also is pretty good at driving play, whoever he plays with at 5-5. Five and five. They, they have no issue keeping the puck in the offensive zone, and he's usually pretty good at creating offensive chances. And considering how well the, the Penguins are this year at controlling the puck and just possessing the puck uh, to add another guy like this, it kind of, I mean, they are pretty, I mean, I thought this was going to be the year, Steve. I really thought this was going to be the year. I was like, man, there's no way they keep this shit going. I mean, each year it feels like it's gotten a little and a little worse since they won their back-to-back cups two seasons. But still, it seems like they had fallen out of the range of just being a team that could just throttle you at 5-on-5. Five and, five, and then even if they weren't killing at 5-on-5, five five, Crosby and Malcolm were going to find a way to to even up or tie the game or win the game. And, I mean, this year, I I really just got to give credit to Mike Sullivan, I guess. I don't know. I, they've had a ton of injuries. Crosby missed a ton of time. And here they are. They're still chugging along. And the Zuccarad is pretty is pretty tough. They did receive some bad injury news this week. But I that's going to be a, uh, that line of Zucker, Crosby, and whoever else is going to be pretty scary, I think. 
Yeah, I mean, it it feels like they gave up a, a decent amount here, but again, it doesn't really matter since they're in win-now mode. I mean, I, I don't know if this is uh, necessarily a put-them-over-the-top move. I'm not terrified. No, no, I'm not but saying it's also, that. No. It, it's, I mean, it's a solid ad, but they, they did give up a decent amount, but also, who cares? So it's it's one of those things where it's kind of like, goddamn penguins, right? Yeah, yeah. I guess that's a fair way to put it. I wouldn't say like they this trade. I'm not like, well, the Penguins are the team that beat out the East, but I think it is. I think it's just scary for the fact that they were already, they've been a team that has been just driving play mainly due to their top end forwards, and now they add. I wouldn't say he's a top end forward, but he's like a good. I mean, if he's going to be your third or fourth best forward on the team, that's not a bad third or fourth best forward to have on your team. And honestly, the package, I don't think. Like Galchenyuk hasn't hit a 30 goal season in 2015 16. Since then, he's been a negative, like, war player. He hasn't really been, he, he was not great in Arizona. He was terrible in Pittsburgh. And we're going for a third different club in two, over, a little over two seasons for him for the change of scenery effect. So I don't really think there's much there left. I don't think they're really losing anything with him. And at 2021st, so we're talking about the Penguins, it's at least 20th or worse, right? You figure they probably want a playoff round this year, and then that's yeah. the first for. And then, so the big, the big part of the deal for Minnesota is Addison. Uh, Addison was taken 53rd overall, second round, 2018 by the Penguins. 19-year-old right-hand defenseman, 43 points in 39 WHL games this year. He has 10 goals uh, with the Lethbridge Hurricanes in his draft plus two season. He's tied for six and one WHL defenseman. Uh, Scott Wheeler did a whole series uh, ranking the prospects in each prospect pool, and then ranking those prospects pools across the whole league. I think the Penguins were, Penguins were one of the worst prospect uh, pools in the league. The base, pretty much for what we have been saying about the trading away draft picks and everything. That said, Scott Wheeler's top-rated Pittsburgh prospect was Addison. So the Penguins did give up their best prospect, which. I mean, what they do? Uh, but Scott Wheeler's loved Addison's game for a while now too. Uh, Scott Wheeler is. I mean, he's one of those guys that I trust a lot when it comes to his uh, looking at like his scouting and prospect stuff. So, uh, and he talks about his uh, skating ability and his and how he's improved defensively in terms of reading and reacting to plays where he used to go a lot off his instincts and he would kind of misjudge a lot of plays. But uh, from Wheeler, he says, "quote I think he has a chance to be a competent second pairing right shot defenseman at even strength. He's never going to be a big minutes guy, but he'll get by. Who can quarterback?" Uh, a power play so that's who the the penguins gave up obviously not something they need right now and even if he does pan out in a couple years it might be after the uh might be after the downfall of crosby and company maybe finally Jeez. yeah so again they don't really need him but it is they did give up the biggest future thing they could give up i guess because again these first round picks they're giving up aren't going to be the end of the world to them they're guys in the late to mid 20s and the Penguins are more worried about adding on to their cup total right now. So uh, I guess it's an annoying deal. We'll put it that way. It's a very annoying thing to, to see, especially as Flyers fans. Like I was saying before, like I feel like this season, everybody really wants them to add at the deadline because there's actually a good reason for them to try and add at the deadline. And we had this deal with, you know, the Hextall years where there was, you've, there was no hope that there's going to be a deal at the deadline. So I think those people that really love, crazy ass deals are hopeful that the flyers kind of get back into the mix here so yeah chucky two traits tends to be a little bit more chucky you know mild traits for the most part yeah very very tame very mayo just not a lot of spice on them just very but 
I mean, they're my good. My thing is, so my thing is, I don't necessarily know if I want them to make a big splash. We read through a lot of the names, and I think the most intriguing is Toffoli, and even then, I'm kind of okay not adding a guy like that. And, well, my big thing, too, is that the the Flyers have been good, and part of the reason they've been good and exciting is the young talent is finally coming up and, and starting to prove themselves. And I think really the way the Flyers end up having postseason success is really hinging on that young talent. Yeah, no, that's very fair. And um, yeah, and I guess I should go back and say, like, I, if I was to add a guy, I'd be to Foley, but I guess it's not. I'm not like screaming that they should add to Foley. I like the idea of it. I also don't even know what the logistics would be or what they would give up for him. But I'm kind of no, I'm kind of more with you. Where I don't know if this is past. I've always been screaming. We've always screamed about keeping the prospects and not really buying in to help the other Flyers teams of the past. And I think we're getting to the point now where it is maybe not necessarily this season, but next season I think is when you can start kind of mortgaging a little bit of the future to help now and i'm not saying like the big name prospects i'm not saying like throw frost in a deal or something but there are guys that we've liked or we've i want to say fallen in love we've liked a lot over the years watching grow up as prospects but they're just going to be guys that aren't going to be high level players at the next level but you can still sell their potential to other teams and i think that's what the flyers should look into next season and if they were they don't have a fatal flaw, I think, is a way to put the flaw. There's not one major thing where you look at the Flyers and you're like, oh, that's going to do them in the playoffs. Like last year, it was – well, last year it was last year. But over the last couple of years with the Flyers especially, it's been they don't know what they're doing in their own D zone and their penalty goal is atrocious. I don't think you can say either of those things this year about this club, right? Like I think they've gotten better in both those aspects. Yeah, I would think so. And And scoring depth – you know they haven't you can get by on a ton of depth if you don't have a lot of elite talent i guess like travis connecting i think is the only guy that on this team that a lot of teams would look at and isolate for offensive potential but i mean they still have to deal with guys like couture is couture in a playoff series when gudis isn't you know breaking his knees is a pretty scary thing to endure so i i do want to see that again but i think yeah, I just don't think this is the year that they should go all in. And I think that's the only type of trade that it makes sense. And I think the uh, yeah, there's still a bunch of young guys on this team that can probably... Like, NAK is somebody whose growth leading up to the postseason, he could be a completely different player when the postseason comes. Like, all he's been doing... He's been playing well recently, and I think all that's going to happen is he's going to get more acclimated with the league. And the way he plays, I... Yeah, I just see... I just see him getting better and better. And I, I mean, I, I just want to see what next year is like. They don't have a lot of money coming off the books either, which is kind of interesting too, because they have the three options for leaving, or the three free agents are Pitlick, Braun, and Elliot. And uh, there might be a case to bring back all three. I don't think it's likely, but if you told me that all three are back, I don't think I would lose my mind or think it's the yeah. dumbest thing ever. I mean, ideally... I mean, uh, you know, maybe because I have like the way Pitlick's played. I just don't know if he. I don't know how much you're going to pay a fourth liner. He's making a million this year. I, I don't know what you would pay. I don't know. 
that's a but it's they also have to figure out some other way to free up cap space to add another player like if they wanted that to fully next year they still have to move some other money around so i i don't know who they would who would i mean ghost would probably be the top option right now <laughs> probably i mean which is kind of crazy to say considering where we were last year on that on that topic but yeah, and I'm still hesitant. I know I, I'm still hesitant too. Right? Yeah, I, I just don't want to give up on him. I because I, I just don't know what's going on with him. I just I know as soon as he's traded, he's gonna go off wherever he is. But I feel like the the next team he goes to, it's gonna, and maybe there's like some weird locker room thing going on. I don't know. Well, and you know it's going to end up being that all the people coming out of the woodwork going, oh, classic Flyers, trade away a guy like that, and immediately, like, it's... Oh, yeah, it's going to be the same people that I saw saying they should trade traded Ghost last year. It was, like, three months into a bad season. <laughs> but, yeah, no, that's definitely going to happen. Uh, so, I, you know, we'll wait for uh, the... Uh, getting back to the Penguins real quick. The bad news was John Marino took a... Uh, John, don't call me Dan Marino, took a Steven Stamkos slap shot directly to the face on Thursday, which Ooh. I would not, I would not have recommended that if he was checking out what to do. Things to do in Tampa Bay would not be taking a slap shot from Steven Tamkos in the, in the face. So he's fine though. Successful surgery, repair broken bones in his face. So he wasn't a lot of pain, but I'm making fun of him now when I think he's better. So he's going to be out three to six weeks. Uh, and the D pairs for the Penguins over the last two games, Steve have been uh, Jack, Jack Johnson and Chris Letang on the top pair. And Marcus Pedersen on the, the second pair, and then Chad Ruedel and Yuso Ricola on the third pair. So they've got Jack Johnson on the top pair right now. If we really wanted to see if anything would make the Penguins unstoppable, we'll see how well they do with Jack Johnson on the top pair. I feel like that's got to be the second worst option after Crosby's missing extended amount of time. Is Jack Johnson plays a lot of hockey for you? I feel like that can't bode that well, but we'll we'll check it out in a little bit. They have been without uh, they've been without Brian Dumoulin forever. He's been out since November. Um, now they're going to be without Marina for possibly a month and a half. I don't know how they keep they just keep chugging along here. They just keep finding ways to win. But that's a uh, it's a Penguins baby. So yeah, and the the more Jack Johnson, the better for everybody else that aren't the Penguins. <laughs> yeah, Jack Johnson still bad. He's still still pretty bad at hockey. So. But we're done with talking talking about hockey for right now, I guess, because it was. Uh, I mean, the Flyers have been doing well, but uh, the Penguins trade is a little annoying. But let's get into uh, let's get into the badge update real quick, Steve. Let's uh, let's do it. We've been flying through this out. This has to be our shortest episode ever. I think it's only been about twenty minutes. Uh, it's been it's been real easy going with my internet connection. So let's get let's get into this badge update. You ready? Oh, I'm so ready. <laughs> All, right. All right. So this week. Uh, Quote, this week, the Bash heads to Lima, Peru, where Pete narrows the field down to four lucky contestants. Next week, he will meet with the families of those four. So, I mean, that's just a, you know, letting you know what's going on. Um, On their one-on-one, Pete and Madison go fishing during the day, and at night, they go to dinner where Madison tells Pete that religion is very important to her. Pete pretty much says he's not super religious, but is willing to experiment. Not really how it works, Pete. (laughs) So, yeah, that's not really how it goes. Uh, and I feel like that's probably not the best way to get into religion. Maybe yeah, I I'll know. give it a shot. I'll give it a shot. Yeah, I was like, "What's this Christianity?" All right, I'll try it on for test. See what's going on. But uh, also, I forgot that one. I forgot all these names already. And we went through them last week. Uh, Pete then goes on a one-on-one with Natasha, 
where they walk around Lima. They come across some sort of fried pastry, and Pete looks like the most excited he has all season. On their date, Pete doesn't give Natasha the rose and tells her that he knows they will find someone. He was, like he has with every other contestant, he's dumped. <laughs> so pretty much he just says the same thing over and over again. I imagine, I mean, does he really have to have a, like a, sorry I didn't pick you kind of line? Does he have to do that every episode? He can be like, nah, you didn't make the cut. So, <laughs> like, it's, oh my god, just the like, the repetitiveness. I, I can't imagine actually watching this and, and dealing with that, where it's just <laughs> constantly like, hi, I'm Pete. <laughs> Yeah, just over and over again. And then just, like, I imagine, like, the first week when you're cutting it down from, like, 25 to 20. I don't know how many they start with. But I feel like those first five, you can be like, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, we're not feeling it. So you can, you can kind of get out of here. But <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, let's see. On the next one-on-one, Kelsey and Pete take some ATVs up a hill, get off the ATVs, then mount each other on said hill. <laughs> At dinner, Kelsey uh. spills the beans about an awkward relationship with her dad that Ma, that her mom doesn't know about, and she makes Pete pinky promise he won't tell her mom about this. So a pinky promise among adults, which is, I guess, normal? I don't know. I haven't done a pinky... I don't think I've done a pinky promise since middle school. I think I think I had one in middle school. I don't you think have I've done a bad relationship with your dad? Me too. Pinky promise? Oh. My favorite part is she spills the beans on television and says, promise you won't tell my mom about it because your mom's not going to see the televised event that you just... Oh, Jesus Christ. This is the level, yeah, this is the level of intelligence we talk about here. The doy. <laughs> uh, last one. Finally, Pete takes Kelly, Hannah Ann, and Victoria F. on a three-to-one where they meet an old man with wisdom Three to one is a weird way, weird thing to call a three way. It is, yeah. Well, I'm dying here. Uh, old wisdom at a hacienda. Oh, wait, wait, wait! I'm just gonna repeat this whole thing. Finally, Pete takes Kelly, Hannah, Ann, and Victoria F on a three to one where they meet an old man with wisdom at a hacienda. What the? <laughs> like a wise old man in a hut, essentially. Hey, it's the batch. I guess anything can happen. I guess this is what happened. I've never... I don't know. Hannah Ann hands Pete a handwritten note with hearts over the eyes. Some real Elwood shit while Victoria cries a few times and Kelly takes a nap. So a lot's lot's going on in this date. Naturally, Pete sends the only reasonable contestant, Kelly, packing. So it seems like Pete's still in his shit, yeah. We need a uh, windmill sex counter here. Pilot Pete was that guy, right? I want to know about the. These are I want to get I want to get more on the stats. Surprisingly, I just want to see how many times he's banging in windmills. I don't even know how many girls are left. Uh, I forget where he's from. Uh, I you know this is but this is the bachelor. This is what people pay for. This is what they pay the the top premium money for these batch updates. And uh, so we have windmill sex. We have hill sex. Has he had sex on like a solar panel yet? <laughs> he, he might be getting there. Yeah. Outside, it's just anywhere outside. I think is really what he. Yeah, he and he's green. He's he's you know he's earth friendly, I guess. So he's doing a lot of uh, a lot of sex outside. This guy. Um, yeah. So that's that. That's a batch update. That's uh, that's what we got this week. And uh, it's a fucking episode, man. I'm just I'm gonna call Comcast tomorrow. Uh, around the league. <laughs> Let's get around the league going. Um, so unfortunately, Jay Bowmeister collapsed on the bench on Tuesday after suffering a cardiac episode. 
Um, he is fine now, I believe, as the last report I saw. He was um, up and alert and everything. And, uh, I mean, pretty scary thing. Obviously, I don't know what the – I don't think he's going to play for a while. He might be a Rich Beverly situation. Um, but uh, pretty scary incident. They postponed the Blues-Ducks game on Tuesday. And, uh, you know, we're hoping that he's fine. Um, Connor McDavid is out two or three weeks with a quad injury. Uh, Paul Maurice signs an extension. Uh, he is now still the second longest tenure head coach behind John Cooper. Uh, he's been with Winnipeg for seven seasons now. He took over in January of 2014. Tonight, the Jets entered the playoff picture one point out of a playoff spot. Considering the stuff that's been going on in Winnipeg, everything with Bufflin and losing Truba Myers on the back end. And um, they've just really... I mean, he's done a pretty good job of keeping that team together because that could have been something that just derailed them from the start, but they've uh, somehow put together a pretty decent season. Uh, Darnell Nurse stays with Edmonton uh, two years, $5.6 million a year starting next year. Dean Kukin stays in Columbus for two years, $1.65 million a year starting next year as well. Joachim Nygaard stays with Edmonton uh, for one year, $875K. Uh, he has nine points in 33 games this season. Played the last seven seasons over in the SHL. Pierre Angval stays in Toronto for two years, 1.25 million a year starting next season. He has a 2014 seven-round pick of Toronto, 14 points in 35 games this season. Uh, Toronto also plays Hutchinson on waivers this week as Fred- Frederick Anderson started tonight. Uh, Jonathan Erickson was also placed on waivers and cleared. Uh, he got loaned back to Grand Rapids, uh, Grand Rapids uh, Griffins. The uh, Red Wings AHL team. Uh, he's bad at hockey, so I'm surprised they didn't waive him years ago. I don't know why they've waited so long to, to finally step down to the AHL. Goalie Hunter Miska signs a one-year deal with Corrado for the rest of the season, 700K. Uh, Jason Demers is week-to-week with an oblique injury. Nazem Kadri is going to miss multiple weeks with a terrible case of LBI. Seth Jones is out 8-10 to 10 weeks after undergoing ankle surgery. Cam Atkins is out 2-3 weeks with a sprayed ankle. Cody Cece out indefinitely with an ankle injury. Shea Weber out four to six weeks with a sprained ankle. And last but not least, the Blues are going to retire Chris Pronger's number 44. 698 points in 1,167 games. Uh, Hall of Fame, 07 Cup, won the Hart Norris in 99 uh, 2000. 92 points in 145 games with the Flyers over three seasons. So that's awesome. That's a, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, probably, probably shouldn't have his number retired in Philly, right? No. <laughs> Absolutely not, yeah. I mean, a hell of a run hey, yo, in the, a short yeah. period of time, and a legend, like, just for media trolling alone. But, I mean, he's a blue. He, he should have his number retired for the blues, not for the Flyers. But, I mean, well-appreciated flyer. I, I think a legend in a short period of time, and hell of a guy. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, I wonder if... He wasn't in Anaheim long enough either, even though they they won a cup there. I don't think he, uh, I don't think he'll get his number retired out there. But um, I mean, why not? Who cares? Yeah, who cares? How many Anaheim? duck numbers do you have retired? What do they have? Like Paul Korea and T. Mussolini? Yeah, and then probably they're probably gonna do Corey Perry at some point somehow. Corey Perry and probably Getzlaff, which is hilarious that those two might get their numbers retired, considering. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean that's just uh, that's it. That's what we got this week, Steve. Holy shit. I mean, this is, yeah. Just wrap it up. Just wrap it up. Craig's had enough. Craig's had enough internet issues this week. Yeah, I'm going to tell you what. This technology this week. I mean, you kids and your fucking technology. I'm done with it. 
what's the deal with technology these days? Anyway, that's all we got. If you have any feedback, the best place is on twitter.com.org.edu.ca.clownpenis.fart. You can reach Craig at Sports Are Bad. I'm going to write about the clown penis stuff art. That's what, that's my next article is going to be about that. So it's like classic SNL sketch. <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, I, I mean, I got nothing for tomorrow, so I'm going to have, I have stuff out next week. I, I mean, I got, I'm, I got to figure out this internet shit first. So what the <laughs> fuck is the internet? Yeah. You can I gotta reach figure me. it out. Yeah. <laughs> you can reach me at flyperbole or at SD bomb, but make it flyperbole. Be sure to follow BSH radio and broad street hockey. Uh, like us on Facebook, uh, rate, subscribe, all that great stuff on all of your favorite podcast services. That is all we got, folks. Until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Hello everybody, this is Flyperbole. It is a podcast about hockey, mostly the Flyers, but also other hockey things, like other hockey teams that play the sport of hockey. Steve, but not Steve Hartnell and Craig, but not Craig Ruby. No, this isn't all those hockey guys. These are the guys who watch the hockey sport. Yeah!